Hello everyone, my name is Jordan Lewis. I will be your MC. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Reabov Media Revolution Podcast, featuring Miss Benzo. But first, I have a confession to make. To my family and friends and every misconnection, if I ever in my life told you that I was too busy and used that as a reason for why I couldn't spend time, I was lying to you. That's it. I was lazy. I was unable to use my time effectively, and I made excuses for living a sunken life because that's what you do when you're there. That's all you do. Now, as of late, between launching Reevolve Media and managing my own artistry, I can say that I am truly busy. How do I know this? Well, I don't oversleep. In fact, it's quite the contrary. I work every available hour, and when I'm not working, I'm trying to use my time as effectively as possible to maintain the other important aspects of my life. I actually, for the first time in my life, have zero time for the things that aren't important to me. I've received clarity in realizing what actually is important to me, and I'm amazed at how the reaction of others has either created distance or spawned a long overdue conversation that has made us closer than ever. I had this epiphany about myself shortly before interviewing the wonderful Miss Benzo, and after the interview I realized that I had no idea what I was talking about when it came to being busy, still. This powerhouse of a human being has a schedule packed end-to-end and well into the future. It also accommodates several more children than I have. I couldn't imagine being at her level of focus and willpower, and I'm sure that most of you will agree. All right, everybody, I'm here with Mercedes. She goes by Miss Benzo. How you doing, Miss Benzo? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me today, hey? Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. I heard you had a very, very busy day. Do you care to elaborate for the folks out there? Why? Uh, I did indeed. It's actually my first day, well, my first three days in almost four years since I've had a couple days to myself to uh, run some errands. I have four kids. I'm a mom of four full time. So my parents actually uh, reached out and had my children go off to Edmonton for a couple of days to give me and my manager slash producer slash other half G major a couple days to ourselves. Oh my Lord. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. It's a busy life. That's for sure. But definitely got to see both sides of life in the last couple days. And I'm grateful for both of them. Yeah, I feel like the uh, even this time away is still packed end to end. Well, I'm used to that kind of lifestyle, right? I feel I feel like I need to pack my days full. You're only on Earth for so long, so I definitely I like living my life to the fullest and getting things in order so that I can continue to build this empire that I've been so driven to build along the line. That's fantastic. So, how far ahead in advance would you say that you planned these couple of days off? Is it is it two days off? Sorry, um, two or three, depending if I can handle myself being away from them that long. Okay, okay. <laughs> Hopefully, three. Um, I planned this probably two months ago, but for the most part, I usually, if you're asking how long I plan my life, I'm I'm at about five years now. I usually plan the next five years. Wow. Okay, that was kind of the generality I was getting at, but I didn't expect that scope. <laughs> Yeah, you have to. You have to. I know that there's things that you have to live with on the fly, but at the same time, having four children and being a full-time musician and model, um, and especially having them full-time, I definitely have to have two separate lives and plan them together as one in unison. That is amazing. And so what I'm envisioning when you say something like that for a five-year plan is kind of like today being like the start point or whatever, whatever the start point is being a single point. And then it just branches out into these like 
maybe infinite possibilities that you've probably kind of like catered to the most likely occurrence? Yeah. I mean, I have, when I say I have a five-year plan, I have what's going to happen no matter what. Obviously, sickness Ah, and health and all of that, it plays a big role. You know, finances, things like what's happening now with the pandemic around the world, um, those things definitely play a big role. But my overall goals and my overall to-do lists um, are definitely from here to five years from now. And they just continue to grow. So when an accomplishment happens, then there's a next goal that's put into place almost immediately if it wasn't there before. Um, obviously, there's that main dream. You know, if something were to happen, like I were to, for music example, for an example, if I were to be signed by a record label or something like that were to happen or my music was licensed, then the game plan would change a little bit. But I make the plan as if it wasn't happening and how I will succeed in those next five years without any lending hands. That's amazing. Hopefully and I can see, <laughs> I can see based on your, yeah, no, that makes uh, perfect sense. I can see based on your track record that you kind of stuck to that mentality for uh, quite a while. And as we dig into it here, I'm sure anybody listening will kind of figure that out as well, that this is, this isn't a new method of operating your life, is it? No, no, it never has been. Um, I always thought that, well, I actually found out in 2015 that I had OCD and that made a lot of sense because I've always been like that since I was a kid. I knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. And then when I changed my mind with, with what I wanted to be, I knew the next step and I knew all the schooling I needed. And it was always, it was always a to-do list. And like, like I've said before, you know, it's a, it's a good thing, but it's also a downfall because it's hard for me to just live life sporadically. Um, so I've tried to take this year to kind of do things randomly where that's, that usually isn't like me. I usually have to have things pre-planned. Interesting. So you're planning spontaneity and kind of in an essence. Yes. <laughs> There's still a plan. There's still a plan, but it's a faster, yeah. it's a faster choice. <laughs> That's beautiful. There's there's an element of surprise in there as well. Yeah. All right. Let's let's uh let's get to kind of where I wanted to start here. I wanted to start by explaining kind of your your name to people, and I hope or or maybe you'd want to do that. I don't know if you'd care if I did it. I want to hear what you think my name means. Yeah. Well, I I've read the description over and over. You've made it very aware to anybody who's looking into you that uh, <laughs> this is what you stand for and stand by. So I can just go ahead and do the verbal vomit spiel. Yeah. Let's hear it. Yeah. Okay. So. Miss Benzo, uh, after the anti-anxiety medication, uh, name that way to draw attention towards suicide prevention, addiction, and mental illness, resilience, and forgiveness. Um, Honestly, when it's said in that order, it seems like the steps towards recovery after maybe hitting rock bottom. I don't know if you wrote it that way intentionally, but I've seen it that way multiple times. Yep. There definitely is layers and levels to it. Yeah. Beautiful. That's what I was thinking. And um, I go further to say that your persona is kind of designed to relieve the listeners of the symptoms of these severe issues that are kind of plaguing society, which I, uh, even then I guarantee you has many, many layers and levels to it. It does. It does. Absolutely. Yep. Perfect. All right. And then born in born in Edmonton, Alberta, you uh, you were raised in Las Vegas. Tell me a bit about that transition and why and how. That seems to be a common interest for sure. Um, I was raised in Las Vegas for 10 years. I moved there after my brother had passed away. Um, he was born prematurely and my mother married there. Um, in, that, in those 10 years, I went to junior high. I went to high school. I switched homes a lot. Um, definitely um, didn't have the easiest childhood, that's for sure. I'd like to to, to say that Vegas is very, very different when you're living there compared to when you visit there. And uh, when I say that, I mean, it, it's, it's definitely a lot harder to live there as a civilian. Um, it's definitely a tourist 
location, that's for sure. And I know a lot of people know that, but they don't really know the heart of Las Vegas. Um, I mean, going to school, there was metal detectors, there was gun threats, there was bomb threats. We knew how to defend ourselves from from weapons and from drugs from probably the age of eight. Um, going to school there, you were in classrooms filled with, you know, 100 to 150 students. You were in schools with um, 10 different wow. grade levels. It's, it's definitely a lot different. Um, you're exposed to a lot more in Las Vegas. And if you don't have the right head on your shoulders, then you'll definitely get into the wrong crowd. That's for sure. Um, Sorry, is that kind of like an American thing or is that kind of more specific to Vegas, the larger class size and the different grades in a in a single class? I think it's an American thing. I mean, it's, it's similar to Canada's structure, but it's also very different. Um, you know, the math system and everything is different too, but there's just more people there. There's more heads there, right? Like there's a lot more people there. And, um, for example, going into junior high that starts in grade six and it ends in, um, you, you go into, into high school at grade nine. So you're being exposed at grade nine to 18, 19, 20 year olds. And, um, and you, you're, you're basically forced to grow up a lot faster. I believe that in America, you're forced to grow up a lot faster. You're exposed to more. And that could be good or bad. It just really depends on your nature. That's an incredible perspective. And clearly, you, like, vividly, you can remember living through these experiences. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Even at 11 years old, like, a, a night out with, with your friends. Instead of, you know, in Canada, we go to Cineplex and, you know, eat popcorn and go play arcade games. But we would go to casinos and like we, there would be, there'd be movie theaters and casinos. So you'd automatically walk through those slots and everything had smoking indoors. And it, it was a lot more exposure there. Um, and like I said before, it's how you live your lifestyle. Um, it's based off of those traits. It's, it's going to be whether you're a leader or a follower when you're in America. And then I'm guessing that kind of led you to uh, make your exit from Vegas and and now reside in Calgary? Uh, We moved back to Edmonton. My entire family moved back to Edmonton. It was time. Um, And and then after that, I moved from Edmonton to Calgary after um, going through a separation with my ex-husband. And uh, I met G Major, who's, like I said before, my other half and my manager and producer, and uh, we we built a life here. We have five kids collectively. Um, he has two. I have three. And we just became this super couple. And we built a studio in our home because we couldn't leave our house because we we're with our kids all the time. And um, yeah, basically, we wake up in the morning with them around 6 or 7 a.m. We spend the entire day with them. Um, I stay home. I was going to college. I recently got my um, my business administration and marketing diploma a couple weeks ago. So now I'm home full time. And from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. every single night, we promised each other, no matter what, that we would no longer have a relationship in that time frame, And we would completely focus on business. So we built a studio in our room and we worked on music from 9 to 1 a.m. every single night. And we're over the 900 day mark now. That is absolutely wild. My jaw is dropped. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't expect that level of depth. I'll, I'll tell you what, what I've been able to cover is you've got, oh my God, you're putting, you're putting my research uh, to shame here. You've got over <laughs> 20, you've got 20 release tracks, you've got music videos out, you've got magazine publications, a full featured website, an hour and a half long documentary titled Looks Are Deceiving. Yes. Um, something even industry leading artists don't have uh, in terms of like depth. Well, with the, with the documentary, actually, we, we decided to release that before we ever released the body of work because I knew off the bat when I went into music that um, I either had, I was told that I had to choose. 
either I was going to be, you know, eye candy or I was going to be embracing my sexuality and I was going to be that artist or I was going to want to make change and be a proper businesswoman with proper business ethics. And I decided to let the world know that I've had three kids and I look this way because of how hard I've worked to be this way, how, how well I've taken care of my body, how much stress I'm put through chasing after my kids every single day. And, and, and I wanted people to know that you can be a good mother, you can be a full-time parent, you can be whatever you want to be in this world, and you can look however you want to be in this world, and you can still save lives. And to this day, I'm still shamed for it. I'm still shamed for posting photos in lingerie. You can't be a good mom if you look like that. You can't save the world and you can't save lives and you can't help people with their mental illness looking the way that you look. And I think that that's, excuse my language, but bullshit. You should be able to, you should be able to, because how you change people's lives is internal. It's not external. It's not how you look. And that's a shame that I have to stand up for other women that feel that they need to be inside of the house with their hair up in sweatpants and, and, and have everything covered. Covered to feel like they should be respected. You should be respected regardless. I 100% agree with you. And and don't uh, you don't have to excuse your language there because you you said it. That is absolute fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and you've I, I love that you've given me the insight as to why you released that prior to releasing any bodies of work because it, it, you're clearly trying to redirect that uh, that perspective that I don't know how w- what percentage would you say people people have the the wrong inclination towards your. Uh, your persona as an artist, if you just had to throw a number? Probably nine out of 10 people. Yeah. Honestly, the amount of, of bullying and put down that I deal with on a daily basis is, it's crazy, but I just, I refuse to give that energy to those people. I'm not going to give negative energy to negative energy. I know that those people that have something to say about me are also, they wouldn't say it to me if they weren't searching for something in themselves. They need to be able to perform their own self-love. And I noticed that I was losing my self-love and being so, so intrigued with helping others with their self-love. And it, it is definitely something that I deal with on a daily basis is, should I post this picture? Should I not? How am I going to release this song and then tell people that I want to save their lives? How am I going to talk about being a bad bitch and then tell them that, you know, that anybody should, should be loved and you deserve loving, you deserve care and you deserve this and you deserve that because confidence is key and you can be confident in any, any place in this world. You, you can be confident when it comes to your body, when it comes to your job, when it comes to your goals, when it comes to your mothering skills, why can't you be confident in all of those and not just have to pick one? And that's where my music genre comes into play. I don't want to have a music genre. I choose a music genre because I have to choose what I am. But I've dealt with choosing my entire life. I'm mulatto, I'm black and white and Puerto Rican, and I've had to choose one of them my entire life. So I know how to deal with choosing. And I know that it's easy to just click a button, but I know what I am internally and it's whatever I want to be. It's whatever I say that I am. When it comes to my music, it's my emotions. If I want to release a country song tomorrow, then I can be a country artist tomorrow because that's the only thing in this world that I have control of is my creativity. I can't choose my ethnicity. I can't choose my gender. I can't choose my age, but I can choose my creativity. That's powerful. That's powerful for real. I love that you uh, you explained uh, the kind of the beginning and middle and end of that actualization. My my, my main question, I guess, is uh, what degree do you know these people that are coming to you with the, with the negative feedback and the backlash? Are they like close friends, family, or are they just like kind of anybody who stumbles across your page? Or what are we dealing with here? Um, I have some randoms. You know, I have some random haters. I like to make fake accounts and stuff and, and oh. make all that fun stuff. But you know what? To be honest, the people that I trust in the most are the people that I hear 
um, have a judgment when it comes to my career. And then those same people come around when they see accomplishments. And to be honest, the accomplishments that you've seen are minuscule compared to the accomplishments that I actually have encountered. But I feel that when I talk about how organized I am, when I talk about my goals, when I talk about wanting to do all these things and all the roles that I play and how I'm killing that and how I'm killing those roles, I feel that it comes off to others as me being egotistical. And that's never, ever been the case. It's always been me in defense mode my entire life, having to prove myself, having to be better because I was taught to learn from others' mistakes. So I chose to not make my own mistakes. And that was my own choice. In, in live, my father told me that, to learn from his mistakes and, and not make my own. So I've lived by that for a long time. So like I said, it comes off with me being, you know, Mrs. Perfect or egotistical, but that's not what it is. It's just, I want, I want to leave something on this earth. I have children. I need to leave a legacy. They need to be, be like, that's my mother. She chose to chase her dreams because of us and not blame us as an, and make us an excuse because she had us right? Yeah, I feel you there. So honestly, on like every aspect of your life, it kind of kind of shows that people have kind of judged you without even taking the steps to get to know you. And then once they actually do take the steps to get to know you, they're, they're well proven wrong. But it's, I guess it's that initial phase of their, their doubt and denial that we're, we're trying to find the shortcut to get over, I guess, or get through. Do you have any, do you have any insight towards that? Well, shortcuts and getting through, I don't know if it's along the same lines as you, but when I first got into the industry, I had no idea how many people expected you to, as a female artist, at least, I don't know about male artists. I've obviously touched a little bit on it because a lot of my family members are in the industry and and my boyfriend's in the industry. But as a female artist, um, we're expected to get to the top by either you know, sleeping your way to the top or, or doing favors to get there. I I find that a lot of males in the industry, um, reach out to females like me and ask for sex for, for a way to get in. And that's something that I've sworn by is people assume that, uh, by my photos on Instagram and by my gallery and all of that, that most definitely that's what she's doing. A hundred percent. I can almost guarantee that people think, you know, Miss Benzo has definitely been sleeping her way to the top. That's how she's moving so fast. And that's never been the case ever. It's something that definitely happens in the background of music. This industry is a very sexual industry. There's lots of, a lot of sex, a lot of drugs, a lot of all of that. Um, but I have not even shown myself nude to anybody since I began in this industry. I've never been that person, never had a one night stand. I've never touched a drug. I've only tried weed in my whole entire life. But people assume that I'm skinny because I do drugs. People assume that I pose these pictures because I'm offering a certain thing. And that that's never been it. I turned down Playboy two weeks ago. I turned down Suicide Girls a couple months back because I refuse to be that person. I want to be able to show sexuality, but I don't want to have to give my sexuality to accomplish something in my music career. I want to be able to accomplish my music through my music, which is very hard for females in this industry. You know what's crazy that I'm pulling from that and it's making me kind of scratch my brain is that you as a as a genuine and caring and heartfelt person are being painted with this dark image and then the actual predators out there that are coming with these like supposed opportunities mm-hmm. are, are being painted as these like bright like brilliant and people people that you should work with well, when in reality you know because if i was beyonce it would be okay to be nude right if I was, I feel you. if I was Mariah Carey, it would be okay to post in Playboy because she's I higher, see what you're saying. right? She's a higher level than me, so it's yeah. okay. But it's not okay for people like me that don't have a certain amount of followers to do that. 
You know what I mean? And, and, and it's a very easy way to get there. I have lots of, of friends. I have a lot of people that I support that have things like OnlyFans that have that, that do the same thing basically as me on their profile where they post sexy photos and they're making money galore and they have followers galore. But it's just not the route that I wanted to take. It doesn't mean that I'm against it. I'm not against women showing their bodies and making money. Go for it. This is the industry that we're in. This is the we're in 2020. Regardless, if you if you look cute, then you can make money off of that kind of stuff. But that's not what I do. And yes, it, I am painted to to be doing that. Yes. Do you think uh, it, it would be a powerful tool to draw towards the contrast in that? So instead of just being the one who's targeted for that, to kind of just like display yourself as the potential target, but then a counter show that show the message that that is not actually who you are, and just like kind of make that a point, almost like kind of sacrificing yourself for the other out there? I feel like that's what I am doing. Um, I have to remind myself constantly what the end result is. And, and to be honest, like the music that I've released right now is nothing compared to the music that's coming. And, uh, there's going to be songs where you would never expect me to ever release. There's going to be trap songs. There's going to be R and B songs. There's going to be pop songs, but my main goal is my have mercy movement. And like you said before, it's that suicide prevention, that addictions awareness, that abuse reduction, resilience, forgiveness, all of that in one. And, and when I say that, I mean, I want people to come to my shows. I want them to listen to my music and I want them to leave with self-love. I want them to leave with acceptance. I want them to know that their trauma is actually ammunition and fuel to create a better legacy for themselves, to not live in what your mother did, to not live in what your father did, to not live in what your uncle's brother did to you, right? Like I want people to, to live through that. And if that means that people are going to assume that I do certain things, that's a-okay. Because when I make it to the top, when I make it to that end goal, then I'm going to stand in front of that microphone and I'm going to let people know, you guys all assume that I was doing drugs. Never touched one. You guys all assumed that I slept my way to the top. Not a one night stand happened. You guys all assumed that I wasn't good enough. I was. And so were the rest of the people that you guys tell aren't good enough. The rest of the people that you guys are busy judging are going to make it too, because you're so focused on other people's lives that you forget to care about yourself in the process. When you hate on other people, you're the one that has to sleep with that. The other person doesn't have to sleep with that. They get to sleep with success. I love that. That's beautiful as well. Let me ask this. Do you think that there's hope between now and that point where you achieve that or level of success that sending that message is just undeniable? Do you think there's a point between now and then where you should be focusing on that energy to to kind of, I don't know, it almost seems like a lost cause for some people, if you know what I mean. So do you think it's worth fo- focusing that energy on certain lost causes until you've reached that, uh, I guess, that point where you will have that major impact? I feel like I just have to continue to to do what I'm doing. And, and I tell myself that all the time. I feel like I have to explain myself all the time. I feel like I have to, you know, like, for example, the last photo that I posted on Instagram, that was the first time that I posted a very revealing photo and it was a drawing. It took me three weeks to post that because I had to literally mentally prepare myself for the criticism. But I felt that if I kept it to myself and I didn't release what would maybe give another woman, give them the weapon, you know what I mean? Maybe another woman will say, you know what? I've worked hard on my body. I lost all this weight. I did this and that. I'm going to post this picture and I'm going to feel damn good about myself. And if I don't do it, then maybe they won't. Because just because I'm a leader doesn't mean every single person is going to be a leader of the pack. So I feel like I need to just take that step and continue to show myself love and continue to show my love for others and continue to be a good mother and continue to chase those goals. That's that's the only thing I can do is show people success and show people that it's okay to not be okay when you're not okay, but you also have to realize your accomplishments along the way. We're a little bit over time in our second half, so we're going to take a 
bit of a break here. Sounds good. This track is called Options by Miss Benzo. I got options. I got options. Mm-hmm. If you're rolling in the city with me, hold it down, keep it petty with me. I got options. I got options. Mm-hmm. You will never get a bitty like me. Throw back, keep it pretty like me. The way that I'm feeling, you got me enticed. From the look in your eyes, get a slice of my pocket, a bite of these thighs. I'm thinking you might try to claim me and date me, then play me for nice. I'm a savage in the sheets, got you hooked mentally. It's mine cause I like it, you might get addicted, my mind is conflicted. Maybe cause I'm winning, go get the bag, go get the smoke, go get the money, the honey and more. Ask around, I'm that bitch, run me down, make a wish, eat that plate, claim your dish, say it proud, I got You got it all started, I saw that you bought it I'm guarded, I'm honest, independent, got options If you've lost it, you lost it, I load my own pockets mm. I throw a little twerk in the world stops Viral like I'm trending on TikTok Walk past, heads turn with a jaw drop Stay sweet first place, got the bitter rock Brains unlock, study me Feel the vibes like chemistry Ask around, they know about me Say it proud, I got with Miss Benzo. Miss Benzo, how you feeling? I'm feeling nice. That is so good to hear. Okay, so previously we touched on a whole lot of details, more personal details, but we're going to dig even, even deeper. Uh-huh. I, I wanted to bring attention to your uh, your 2015 year there, and I'm, I'm going to let you uh, do the guidance here. Okay, well, it is an extremely long story, and they can go on to, well, you guys can go and look at Looks Are Deceiving, my documentary. It kind of goes more into depth. And I have a couple issues on IGTV as well, kind of explaining what I've gone through. But um, in 2015, that was my second life-to-death experience. My first one was finding out that I had a blood disorder and I had uh, blood transfusions after my second son. And that kind of showed me light on um, how short life really is. Uh, Come into 2015, um, I had two cysts wrapped around my thyroid in my neck and I was sent home from the hospital seven times while I was pregnant with my third child who is now... Uh, thank God he's four years old now. Um, 
I ended up having to go on for emergency surgery and I had to uh, basically choose my life and being a mother to my other two children over potentially losing my baby. Um, I was given a 4% chance to live. They told me that if I did live, that I would not speak, never mind ever sing again, um, and that I might not be able to lift up my head um, if I did live. So I had to write my will. I went through my surgery. It was a 10-hour emergency surgery with blood transfusions. Um, I ended up losing not only my thyroid, but my full SCM muscle in my neck. Uh, When I came out of my surgery, I was not able to talk. It took me almost a year to be able to talk normally. Uh, I still can't scream. I can't hit certain octaves and my vocal cords are completely exposed. Uh, I have 72 metal clips on my neck and it's every day is a struggle. That's for sure. Um, I'm not on pain meds or anything like that. Uh, the only downfall I really have is not being able to hit certain octaves. And when I'm laying flat, I can't lift my head up all the way. Um, that hasn't stopped me though. That I, I understand that I'm not the best singer in the world. But I do know that I've made it damn far from where I came from. And that's kind of what kickstarted a lot in my career. It, it definitely made me view music in a different way. And I decided to take that leap in 2017. That's when I started really saying, okay, you know what? I'm going to get back into music regardless of the criticism. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this shit by storm. And I'm going to prove to the world that, you know, I made it with a 4% chance to live and half a neck, literally. That's, that's <laughs> absolutely wild. So like when you were in this period of rehabilitation... Were you were you still writing and creating or at least having the mindset that you were going to be back in full force? I was never really in full force at that time. Um, I, like I said before, I was married for five years. Um, I was busy building him into and, and his dreams and aspirations, and I kind of put mine on hold to be a mother. And then something just dawned on me when I started going through my separation, and it was, why don't I chase my own dreams? Why, why are my children watching me build somebody else's dreams? Are they going to want to be whatever they want to be? because they watched me stay home and build someone else? Or are they going to be whatever they want to be because they watched their mother grind until she made it to her goals? That's incredible. And yes, I I always have written though. Sorry. Um, I always have written music. I started with writing poems and then I started writing music without a beat. And it took until 2017 to start writing to music. I see. So when you started writing to music, that's when you put out or that's when you started writing for the stuff that you were then to release? Yeah, I decided to release. Revenge was my first release, and that was me going through my separation. And then I just started, I I became, I I went into a collective, and I was a backup artist, and I I did backup vocals for the Honor Roll Collective. I did backup vocals for the Malesway Brothers and other people along the way. I had my own band with Conflict from Edmonton. And then I just decided to do things solo because I felt that, you know, everybody has their own their own goals and aspirations. And I still respect everybody that I've ever worked with and we all support and we all build each other. But I needed to be a solo artist because I had a say in what I wanted the world to see me as. Incredible. And so you released Rat Revenge, then that happened. And then you released the solo track Karma? Um, yes. Karma was the second release. So Revenge actually was my first release ever. It was done in a home studio by Keith Fix. He's the one that kind of got me into music when I was 16. Um, And then that was the one that was nominated for the Calgary Music Awards last year. Wow, that's incredible. It kind of just turned back around. So then we ended up dropping that onto the Beloved EP, um, which was my last, uh, sorry, not my last EP, my biggest EP that I've dropped. My last EP was Love is Patient. Yeah, I was going to draw a little bit of attention to that, uh, to Beloved from uh, what we had talked about before with uh, kind of the misconception mm-hmm. um, maybe I guess more directly related towards uh, the misconception that your name might bring yes um, specifically the intro track to this the beloved intro I, it's kind of like a love letter to the souls that are crying for help 
Yeah. And I wanted to add a little bit of spoken poetry to that. And I was actually yeah. told um, by multiple people to take that off as an intro. And what? it was because of the length of it. And it ended up being one of the most played tracks on there because it was real. And I was like, who's going to tell me that I can't release a six minute track? It's my EP. I paid for it. I copyrighted it. I licensed it. It's mine. So it, whoever wants to take from it, those are the, those are the lives that I'm going to help. And even if it's one person, it might save a life. So I'm going to say it. I'm blown away that people had the nerve to tell you that it's not, uh, that to, to take it off because honestly, it's, it's almost like a mantra. I could, I could imagine people that really need this track listening to it every day, first thing in the day, just to remind themselves like the full Who weight and gravity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and then the full weight and gravity behind the moniker. Uh, Miss Benzo. And, and people do listen to it every day. I have people message me all the time thanking me for that confidence. And, and it took a lot for me to be able to stand up and say, like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what other people think about you. And that kind of gave me the fuel to push that intro, actually. Um, you know, I, I released Follow Me and then I released the Beloved EP and they're two completely different projects. And that's what everybody has to expect from me. Every project that's coming out from here on out will not be expected. It's going to be the message that I want to get across. It's a storyline for me. It's a chapter in my life and then I move into the next chapter of my life. But I always want people to remember that I embrace that confidence when it comes to self-worth and being needed in this world. Do you, do you attempt to actively distance yourself from previous or uh, other projects that you're working on simultaneously? Or, or do you find that there's a lot of overlap or, or uh, kind of lingering themes? Uh, there it, it's not that it's, so when I, when I write a song, um, when the song is finished, G major and I sit down and we look at the projects that we have and we figure out a place for it. So every track that I write, and I write about three a week, um, I can write a song in about 10 minutes. It's just based off of emotion. It's kind of like just letting it out and then, and letting that vent happen. And then we put it into, um, whatever project. And, and now we have, the three albums that we've created since quarantine a hundred days ago. So in a hundred days, we've done three albums um, and they are completely packed full. We're on to the next one. Now we have 18 singles. We have um, 24 collabs. We have four music videos coming up. We have three albums coming up. Um, we have short film coming up. That's going to be from here to America. Um, and then we have, now we have our children producing for us too. And they have their own page and their own content and their own music videos as well. And G major just dropped an album that I'm half a part of, and we have a collective. So we have a lot of stuff going on, but every song that I write, it has a place. That is so all encompassing and just absolutely brilliant. You're hitting notes that I haven't even thought existed. That's <laughs> it's confusing, but it makes crazy. sense, right? And that's what my name is about. You don't know what to expect and I'm going to confuse the hell out of you, but it's going to make sense. And then there's also just going to be a little bit of every, oh, yeah, there's a little bit of everything for, for like everyone and anyone. Exactly. And that's, that was actually my biggest thing was you might not like this song, but somebody else does and that somebody else might not like that picture, but somebody else will. So, you know, I, I hit Harley Davidson with one of my photo shoots and a lot of people that were on my beloved side, they weren't about that look for me. And then I lost followers from that aspect, but then gained followers from the Harley side. And then when I went back into, you know, um, when I released my last one options, a lot of the people that liked self-love, they weren't really into options, but now the next release is called patience and it's, it's a pop song and it's all about, you know, manifestation and, and having high hopes and chasing those dreams. So that's, that's the next release. That's, that's incredible. And so that, uh, that contrast even exists back into your early releases. So you, uh, from my, uh, from what I've seen is you've done two music videos kind of more in depth. Is that correct? Yeah, I've done two music videos. Visuals have been extremely hard for me. I, as I said before, I like building a team. So, um, 
finding a team member as a videographer is very important for me. I don't just want to pay a videographer and then move on. Um, but I think I've actually found that with the guy that did patients. So, um, everybody's got to look out for that because I have the next, like I said, four or five music videos completely planned and ready to go. And I'm actively a part of a lot of people's, um, I'm, I'm featured in a lot of people's tracks as well. I noticed that definitely for sure. I said you've done over 20 tracks, but that definitely didn't do justice to the amount of features you've done as well. <laughs> we have about, I think, maybe 120, 125 tracks between the collabs and, and my solo work that's coming out in the next three years. Okay, that's coming out in the next three years. How much of, uh, what's the number on what's already released if, if you've got it? I, I've clearly not done enough uh, research. I, I think like 20 or 25. Yeah, G Major released his album two days ago and I'm on four of those tracks and T Fanny released her album and I'm on two of those tracks. So that's dope. And, and just to, just to go back a little bit to what we were talking about before, I wanted to bring up the contrast between two of your music videos, the basic, or oh, sorry, no, the music video for eternal love, mm-hmm. which, uh, which you, you just, just put on display your love for your family, which mm-hmm. I found absolutely brilliant and beautiful. And then there's the other side of the coin, your uh, music video for on the rise directed by uh and excuse me if I butcher this and please correct me, but Viconi? Viconi, yeah. Viconi, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and, and with that, even with that being said, I mean, uh, G Major and I really uh, did a lot of the directing for that. Um, okay. But yeah, we, we had a pretty solid storyline for that. And that was that was a pretty awesome video to shoot for sure. Um, definitely fulfilled what I wanted the outlook to be. But there was still a little bit of self-love in that one too, even though it was a track uh, that was that was kind of badass and sexual and all that kind of stuff. It was uh, showing kind of the concept of... Um, of married men, um, um, cheating on women. And, and that, and I was that woman that came in and took that married man's money and I was actually returning it back to his wife. So that was a concept behind that one. Um, if you go back on the video, you'll see that it, it focuses on his, uh, his ring finger and it focuses on me leaving at the end. I was actually leaving to bring the suitcase, the briefcase to his wife. That's awesome. I definitely didn't catch that theme on my on my couple of run throughs, but uh, you'll get it now. <laughs> I'll definitely get it now. I noticed because because you you left him cuffed in the bathroom, uh, yeah. a little bit bloodied up. I noticed that, and I'm like, okay, all right, this is fine all along. But that, yeah, damn, the depth, the, depth is, <laughs> the depth is unreal. And then we have uh, Heaven Isn't Ready. That video, that music video is out as well. Um, but it's not. It, it wasn't really a in depth music video. We'll actually be re releasing that video, and that one is about addictions awareness. Um, Heaven Isn't Ready is released, but it's going to be in the Have Mercy um, album that's coming out next year. Um, that one is is basically every song that just to make it clear, every song that I've ever written is based off of what's actually happened. I will never write a song that has cap on it. I will never write a song that has not happened to me or something that I don't do. That's just not a thing for me. So um, Heaven Is It Ready um, is based off of um, somebody who was extremely and is extremely close to me, um, overdosed and went into a coma for 21 days. And, um, it was, it was basically the emotions that I went through along the way. And I wrote that song sitting next to him while he was in a coma and went and recorded that night at uh, two in the morning. And I played that song to him every single day. That's beautiful. Thank you. That's amazing. I can't even be, I can't even, I'm, I'm glad that you are able to elaborate on these things that I have uh, thought of that I've got figured out even a little bit. And then and you, you're the first person that's actually done their research in an interview. That's for sure. Well, 
And that's that's kind of the goal behind these things is to actually do it right. And thank you for noticing that. But right. it's seriously. That, that makes it organic. That, that means that you actually are interested in the artist and it's not just to, um, you're not just, a lot of people in podcasts and, and in radio interviews and all of that, they focus on numbers. They focus on the uh, how popular an artist is because they feel that that's going to make their podcast pop. Um, and I, I don't feel that that's the right route to go. I feel that everybody has a chance and everybody has a story and that goes for, everyone in life. That's not just for artists or for podcasts. Every single person in this world has a story and every single person in this world is worth it. So to actually understand somebody inside and out before you show the world is extremely important. That's the truth. And I do feel that people have this uh, innate uh, sense when people are actually being genuine towards them. And we have this innate sense subconsciously of what their intentions are. And we we react accordingly, subconsciously, whether we like to or not. And that's what I'm hoping to bring out through these podcasts is get that, get that story that people, people maybe haven't elaborated on enough for, I know that you're so open and genuine and your, your music tells your tale, but just to even hear it verbalized in a conversation, is kind of a unique perspective, you know? Oh, uh, well, the feeling is mutual. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You're very welcome. I'm <laughs> um, so, <laughs> we're going to talk about some of your, some of your latest stuff. So Going on to uh, the current year, 2020. Yes. Um, you talked about your kids even doing productions, and I, I noticed a track called Proper Hygiene. Yes, that's awesome. Thank you for noticing that. They did a damn good job on that. I was, I was, I didn't expect to be blown away, especially, especially when I heard the first couple like moments of the song. Yeah. Obviously, it's so unique, so different. <laughs> it, it was. And I don't know what you'll take from this, but it reminded me of that that commercial, uh, the "Don't Put It in Your Mouth" ad oh, with I'm the two. I'm so happy that you. That's that was our inspo for that. It's like no shit, is it? It is, and and it's really funny. I was sitting with Major at um at like one in the morning, and we were done our stuff, and I was like, you know what, the kids are so good, and this is kind of our parenting approach. Is we're extremely realistic with them, and and I tell them like it is, but I I always try to tell them like you know I had this song growing up. It was don't put it in your mouth, and and literally like there are these <laughs> things that weren't putting things in their mouth, and I never I stopped biting my fingernails. So I was like, these kids are going through a pandemic right now. They 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 hate everything. They're stuck yeah. in the house. They don't have friends. I'm like, how can we make this fun for them? So we wrote the song at night and we were singing it all and we had all their parts and we showed them how to use the mic. And we're like, this is, we want to show you how hard it is for mom and dad to record every night when you guys go to bed, because they go to bed at a decent time every night. And they understand that the only way that we can work from home is if they work with us. So they recorded it all. And, and then for their Easter gift, we bought them a cartoon and, and, um, and they got to launch it on YouTube and they were like, Oh my God, like this whole time we thought that you guys were famous. Now we're famous and everybody knows us. And I'll tell you right now, their proper hygiene is on fleek. Now my kids wash their hands every five minutes with this song playing. It's the anthem. It is. It is. And it has that trap vibe to it. So, you know, like mom can dance around while they're brushing their teeth and washing their hands. (laughs) And and then you come in on a verse on it. And then you've got, you've got your man's, uh, I don't know if you care if I refer to him as Giovanni, at least once for the podcast, but G major X C L S V. And, uh, who's, who's, he did it first as well. Uh, he did it first as all the kids and um, it's actually uh-huh. my stepdaughter too. So the approach that we took was we have one girl and like she always blames the boys for everything. Like every other girl, you have cooties, right? So yeah. we're going to have a drop of her going, no, that's no fair. He did it first. So that was, that's the <laughs> behind it. 
That's brilliant. I love that. And so how many, how many uh, collaborations have you guys worked on so far? Uh, with the kids, we've done um, the proper hygiene and then we have our Instagram page and that's kind of where we do our, uh, the do-it-yourself crafts and homeschooling and all of that. And, and then, of course, they were a part of Eternal Love. Um, we're not currently working with other kids right now, but once COVID is done, then we're going to start having their little friends come over and start their Twitch. And is that the word? Yeah, I think it's Twitch. Their Twitch account for their gaming. So we're going to actually expand their music career into gaming. And I have two tracks that my eight-year-old, as of two days ago, uh, made me. It's two R&B vibes that we're going to add to the Slow Jams album. And uh, that's, that's the approach that I'm taking is my music, my royalties. Instead of leaving my children money, I'm leaving them uh, royalty rights to all my music. That's so incredible. After every like kind of spiel that you leave me with, I'm like, I'm close to pretty blown away. <laughs> well, I love that. I yeah, no, my... You got to think out of the box. You have to think out of the box. What is this world coming to? It's, it's just like a simulation. So you better rock that shit. That's for real. But the, the first thing, not sorry, not the first thing that comes to my mind, but one of the, let, let's put it because since the theme of uh, this interview has kind of just for no intention has been kind of the, the main perception that people get, that immediate perception that people get. And, and so the immediate perception that I would see that people could get from this is that, oh, they're using their kids for money. But that's, that is not at all the intention behind this. The intention is it, like, clearly that is like, that's inevitable. That well, not not the, not the using them for money, but the, the the money coming is inevitable. That's not even close to the intention. The intention is to provide them with an outlet that I wish I had when their age. And that's exactly what it is. Um, to me, I feel that a lot of artists um, they don't they're sleepers. A lot of a lot of artists are hobbyists. Um, and that goes for any entrepreneur in this world. Um, and, and when you bring business into it, it's that scare them away, right? I, I bring business into everything when it comes to my music, when it comes to everything. And that's why I went to school for a year to turn myself as an object into a brand. Um, and with my children, I feel that most artists that don't have children and there's nothing wrong with not having children, don't get me wrong, but it's just a different perspective. Um, I find that a lot of artists that I know, they, they go in with the, I have nothing to lose kind of mentality. And for me, I have everything to lose. If I don't make it in the industry to give my children what I didn't have, then I've failed because I'm all in and I have my children on the line. I can't go and spend money on my music and not have anything come back because I need to give them the empire that I'm building. I'm not building this for me. This is completely for what I'm leaving them when I'm off of this world. And how do you feel about thinking about that incredibly theoretical possibility of failure because it's not even real you've got this five-year plan built on like obviously success Mm -hmm. so how do you mentally tackle that idea of that zero 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 or point zero 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 you know of not making it in the industry um because i i think that it's just a perspective change um if i look at it as in have i made it in the industry i feel that i already have because i went into this saying i just want to save lives so that's enough my kids already think that i'm a superstar like they they already know how much work i put in um and i think that a lot of people think that it's money that gives you that success and yes money does buy anything it buys happiness it buys health it buys where you are in this world and how you're looked at but for me um i don't want red carpet i don't want 
Grammys, that would be great. You know, to, to get to the Grammys, that would be great. I've been offered to go to the Grammys with people and, and be flown out to LA and all of that kind of stuff. And, and if a record label, like I said before, comes along, then that's what happens. But to me, um, my, my backup plan, I guess, is kind of what you're hinting at. I'm assuming, um, my backup plan is to continue to educate myself, continue to go to school, continue to get degrees. Um, my next step is to go into addictions counseling or to go into social work or psychology. I haven't decided just yet. I have one more month to decide. Um, and with that being said, even if I do make it in the industry, which obviously that's the plan, um, then I still would like to, with my first amount of money, put it into a business to build off of the education that I had. So I would put a, start a business based off of addictions awareness or, or psychology or counseling, but from a different aspect, not a, how do you feel aspect, a, you're too afraid to come to me aspect. I want to help you, but I don't want you to feel like I'm helping you aspect. Okay. That, that wasn't what I was hinting at, but that's absolutely incredible. I was, I was hinting more towards like, uh, people having plan B's and then putting a lot of weight in those plan B's such that it takes away from their plan A. And so then that's why I stopped working. That's, that's why I was making so much money bartending um, yeah. that I used to do. And that's why I stopped doing that because I wanted to put it all into music. But you know what? My kids have to eat. So if, if it came to the point where I had to go back to work, then I would go back to work. Um, my choice would be school, though. For now, I'm just going to keep on building my education. Not forget that I'm not invincible. You know, there's a lot of people that are running in this industry to try to get to the top. And I'm not a very competitive person. I feel that things are supposed to come out the way that they're supposed to come out. It's, it's all God's plan. That's incredible. Oh, I love your perspective on things. Thank you. I think you're you so have the same one, though. <laughs> I, we, we definitely do have a very similar perspective. That being said, and I don't know if this is this is the truth or not, that maybe you're, uh, and you kind of did explicitly say it, but your motivation, you need to put food on the table. You need to, you need to have this plan for your kids that's actually um, feasible. Yes. Um, but, but obviously, yeah, the, making it in the industry is the goal. But I don't have that kind of like, oh, if I fail, then I'm letting down others. Like explicitly, no. you know what I mean? No, no, and and I don't I don't feel that either. Um, I think the only difference with me when it comes to you know my goals and ambition, and um, and I had mentioned this before in a different interview was uh, I have I lived life the complete opposite. A lot of people go into this industry because they have nothing, and then they want something. They want that big bag at the end, and this is what they want when they have that multi million dollar deal and blah 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 blah. And then they kind of fall off the Richter scale and they get into drugs and they spend all their money, and then all of a sudden they don't want to live anymore because they're not relevant because that clout comes and goes, and we have to be prepared for those waves. Um, but the difference with me is I moved to Vegas at the age of eight. You know what I mean? So I lived a luxury, even though it was a hard life there. I still lived a luxurious, luxurious life. I lived in a uh, 4,000 square foot home. My house was beautiful. You know, uh, my, the morals and stuff like that when it came to my childhood, wasn't necessarily on point, but we definitely weren't asking for anything. And then I came back to Edmonton and we had lost everything. And I, I lived that, you know, have, going from instead of going from nothing to something, we went from something to nothing. And now I know when I go to something, I know how to use that money. I know how to distribute it. I know how to handle it. And I know what I don't want to do in the industry. Instead of having to wonder and and be fearful of the unknown and kind of jumping into it, I already know what to expect. So I know this is like my second chance to be able to, you know, conquer these goals appropriately based off of others' mistakes. Wow. Okay. So we do definitely have similarities in our, in our way of thinking, but I can definitely take more than a couple notes from you. (laughs) 
And I have been and as there, well. And so that's, more, that's there's good. more to come, right? There's more to come, of course. I don't doubt it at all. So let's let's go over a couple quick things from uh, just just some some things that I noticed in some of the tracks. Actually, one I should have brought up a little while ago, but in your track "Nightmares" from your "Follow Me" album, mm-hmm. um, the hook is clearly about Zaganja. Yes, it is. <laughs> I just wanted to just to see your perspective on that and how that has influenced your music as well, because I find a lot of artists, it either is uh, directly correlated with their music yeah. or it's just kind of like a side habit and it has no relation whatsoever. But you've got kind of a song that's spaced around it and I it's do. called Nightmares. And that's one of the, yeah, it is. And that's one of the only ones that I have in my own music. But um, I, I actually do have a collective. I'm a part of a collective and we are kind of, uh, the collective is kind of put on hold when it comes to you know, consistency with our releases that, that is not stopping us from creating. We still create all the time. Um, we have five seasons of, uh, songs to come out. So a total of 30 songs to come out. Um, and the collective was actually in G major's last album, but that collective in itself was based off of bringing back and pushing aside the business aspect of music. So Miss Benzo is completely business is completely branded where collective currency, Miss Benzo can let loose, you know, talk about weed, talk about all that stuff talk about fast cars and blah 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 and um there's a song called like so rich in uh, g major's album that has me in it as well there's lots if, if you go check it out you'll understand what i'm talking about um but when the collective um we opened for taiga and we actually got sponsored by instaleaf um instaleaf is an app that um, shows you different stores that have certain strains according to your uh, health issues and etc and um they did an interview with me. It's on YouTube. And I kind of get more into detail with how I feel about being a mother and being an artist and smoking cannabis. Um, cannabis got me off of every pain medication I was on for my neck. And I don't like smoking during the day because I, I want to spend time with my children and be completely coherent, but I do smoke, um, sativa at night when I'm creating. Um, again, I keep it away from my children, but I do find that it is, um, another controversial thing that a lot of people don't like to talk about. A lot of people still look at it like it is a drug that can harm. Um, and I think that it goes for anything, even water, it comes with moderation. Um, it gives you creativity, you know, sativa, gives me creativity. CBD helps with my inflammation and with my pain in my neck and my insomnia and my PTSD. And Indica helps me sleep. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I support cannabis all the way. Um, there are certain strains that I don't like, and there are certain ways I obviously don't like smoking and driving, but I'm completely pro-cannabis, 100%. Um, one of the things we'd like to go by is we choose life. And when we say we choose life, we mean whatever lifestyle that you choose as long as you're living. That's great. I didn't expect that detailed of an answer and that uh, that much depth again. But you just keep you just keep hitting it. I'm all about it. That's the like I said. I've never done drugs before, and I don't consider yeah. that a drug. Oh, you and me both. I'm an advocate for sure. It's it's such a versatile uh, substance in its use, and it's it's just such a shame that it's been uh, put down for generations. But it is. Here, but here, then here alcohol, right? But then we can we can drink two sixes all day long if we want to, and it's okay. That's yeah. It's it's very strange that society's kind of evolved into this this weird self destroying. I don't know, but, but that's why we're here, and that's why we have these conversations to try and flesh out the reasons and give some insight to the people. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, so we are going into overtime here. So I'm going to draw some quick attention to a release you had in 2020, uh, a, a small project called Love is Patient. You've got two tracks on this guy that I found on Spotify. Yes, I do. 
So, so you've uh, mentioned before that your uh, music is always related to current, not maybe not current events, but but events that have transpired in your lifetime. Can we get some insight into uh, the timing and the meaning behind this uh, project, Love is Patient? So I know I was talking about before kind of uh, doing things sporadically. This was one of them. It was a okay. project that was not planned. I started working with Zacharias. Uh, he comes over once a week and we create things from the ground up. Uh, we have in-home producer, in-home studio. So we made a loop and then rainy days happened. And that one was just basically to spread love around the world and and that feeling of, you know, um, being able to admit that there's going to be faults and there's going to be issues in relationships, but that does not necessarily mean that one or the other person is not putting in that much work. Um, alongside after that came don't waste my time. So it was kind of like a, a bipolar type of situation, right? Where rainy days is like, you make mistakes, but it's okay. And then there was don't waste my time. So I was kind of trying to show that some relationships deserve work. And some relationships are narcissistic and one-sided, and you have to be able to know the difference. So right after Love is Patient, I released Hopeless, and um, that single is basically two people putting in nonstop work, and you're putting in so much work on your side that you forget to see that that person on that side is putting in just as much work, so you put them down because you feel like you're putting in more work. And all you have to do is just take a second and just watch the roses grow and you'll realize that it takes two one has to water one has to fertilize so that that whole project was kind of it was like a double project with a single and with the ep um and it was just to spread love it was to spread love and to let people know that every relationship was different and just embrace yours and and you have to go with your own judgment and your own gut and not base it off of anybody else's opinion i love how that is a nod to what we've talked about in terms of the theme of this is that you're still maintaining the the contrast in in your art artwork there and just displaying both sides of the artist and then again you always even with options that was my latest single and I wanted to incorporate every single ethnicity every single age every single size of woman around the world and that was the 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 latest music video that we released was we had 26 women beautiful women of different shapes and forms send me in videos and I wanted to remind them that you know you're a bad bitch and you deserve to have options and when it comes to who's choosing you you need to be choosy about who you're choosing as well. Do you think that video was kind of meant to be the quarantine-friendly version that it is? Yeah, I think so. From the beginning? Uh, I mean, we were just going to have ladies post their videos, and then it just kind of turned into that. Um, I was going to release a dope-ass video, and I was going to, you know, have have me. I just recently got into TikTok, and that kind of started blowing. We just hit 130K views on one of the videos, so we were like, okay, Mm. you know, let's do a, a twerk video and blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, you know what? Scratch that shit these girls it's not about me it's about them it's about it's about them not feeling good about themselves and 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 the options that they have a lot of people take it as i got options you know when it comes to relationships but you have options when it comes to your career you have options when it comes to the food that you eat to the weed that you smoke to the to the way that you jog like you have options in every single way shape and form so you need to embrace that shit that's the truth down to the length of the breaths that you take and take them nice and slow enjoy those breaths and consider your options always i love that well we even threw in a couple a couple um lgbtq in there we we, yeah yeah, i got a couple a couple beautiful ladies in there and that's what they they say that they are and that's what they're damn that's what they damn right are i embrace all women that's beautiful um, so listen, we did go into heavy overtime here. Did. So 
Um, I want to give you this opportunity to kind of do your sign off, say whatever. You, oh, actually, you know what? Before we do the sign off, I do, I want you to touch on one thing: your Have Mercy movement. Yes. So, Let's do that. Uh, so my Have Mercy movement, uh, I did touch on it a little bit before. It was supposed to be released quite some time ago. It's my main focus in music. Um, it's it's the only thing that keeps me going really. And my Have Mercy movement has saved my life a million times over with the with the music that I've written. Um, it's an album and a movement. The album will be released sometime next year. That's one thing that I don't have a date for because it's based off of the uh, fan base that I have. I want enough people in the world to be able to to see what I have to say. Uh, I'll be releasing my entire childhood. I'll be releasing uh, all the trauma that I've gone through and and just basically uh, opening up to everybody. So we touch on addictions awareness, abuse uh, reduction resilience, forgiveness, suicide prevention, um, and, and all of these emotional traumas and mental illnesses and all of that kind of stuff, it all comes from what I've lived, what I've seen, what I'm living with, what I've, what I've dealt with in life. Um, and I want to take that and be like, listen, I, I've dealt with all of this and this is where I've come because of it, because I've used my trauma as a reason to be something in this world so I can show the world that I'm still worth it no matter how many times I've been beaten down. And I want to take the money that I make from that and I want to put it into another person that wants to build their life. And I want to create a business in that aspect. Um, it'll be quite a bit of money to invest in. So that's why I did my business administration. Um, but I will be putting that money into another artist and then they will have to basically sign off that that initial money that they receive once they get their point across then they are going to put that into the next artist. So it's going to be a pay it forward, have mercy movement, and it's going to be worldwide. So this isn't just a series of tracks. This Absolutely is an not. entire, this is an entire, it's a movement. It, 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 it's the rest of my career. Definitely. Um, I'm releasing all my fun tracks right now and all these, you know, these fun singles and albums and all of that. But once have mercy movement is released, then that is Miss Benzo. And my real name is Mercedes. So a lot of people think that Benzo comes from that, but it actually is antidepressant and anti-anxiety. I want people to have that euphoric sensation, um, that gives them that temporary relief and just, just that security to know that, you know, your mental illness is okay here and, and your abuse is okay here. And what you say is your story to tell is nobody else's, but you have to remember when you tell a story that came from your life, it's still just a story. And eventually you have to put that book back on the shelf and you have to write a new one. You can't keep focusing on that. That's crazy. I don't know how the mercy part of that flew over my head as a nod to your name, because I definitely caught it in the, in the very obvious part of your music video where there's Mercedes <laughs> in the background, but I don't know how this flew over my head. That's absolutely incredible. So you're, a, you're almost leaning towards branding as I don't want to call it a label because the label has a, such an ugly kind of image attached to it. Or I don't know if you share that view. Um, I mean, with labels, I was definitely against it. And most of the people that I deal with butt heads with me when it comes to this. Um, but when it comes to, I mean, I, I don't think that I would be pushing as a label. It would be more so a business that my family would be handling while I continue with my music. So I, it would basically be um, a, a non-for-profit business that they would be hands-on with, um, so that I can continue on if I were to sign with a label. Um, and the way that I look at labels, I know that we're into overtime, but I think that it needs to be said. Um, a lot of people are against them. You know, labels definitely are known for making a hell of a lot more money than the artist does, but I look at it like this. Um, if I'm going to put on a uniform and I'm going to work at McDonald's from nine to five and I'm going to be McDonald's face, I'm not, but for example, I'm going to be McDonald's face and I'm wearing that hat and I'm welcome to McDonald's every single day so that I can put my, put food on my children's plate. 
then why wouldn't I sign with the label? And if they told me that I was this artist and I wore this for two years straight and I was guaranteed to make that amount of money that I never had before, why wouldn't I do that to get my name out there? And why wouldn't I do that to put food on my kid's plate? I would do that. And then after I had enough money from that label, I would buy out my label. I would buy out, I would buy out my contract and then I would move on with myself as a self-made artist. And that's part of the five-year plan right there. If it happens, it happens. Oh, I'm not saying so no. Humble. I'm not saying yeah. no. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, uh, I love that we got so much out of you, but we do have to do the sign-off, unfortunately. Yes, we do. Yeah, and I know we've said a lot and we've touched on a lot, but there, is there anything at this specific point in time on the sign-off that you want to uh, let anything off your chest, just uh, make people noted? on uh leave people on whatever note just whatever you want to leave in this space yeah i mean all all i want to say is just make sure that you whatever choice you make in life to continue to make those choices and don't base them off of what anybody else is going to think you need to go with your gut if you feel that uh that something that you want to do in life is the right choice thing you need to make that choice it's supposed to happen that way um that's what i've always gone by taking criticism like a grain of salt. Um, as for new releases, I have, um, I have a single coming up called Patience, a music video coming right after it. Patience is released on July 31st. And it'll kind of give you a little bit of insight of what I went through in November and December of last year and why I wasn't uh, active for a month, if anybody noticed my little break on media. Um, and you guys will hear nothing but the truth from me. And that's that's what it is. Anybody that wants to slide in my DMs and ask me questions, you definitely can. I'll always be honest. I have I have nothing to lose when it comes to that. That's incredible. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're so very welcome. Very well said at the end there. Um, yeah, thank you so much for joining me. I know we've gone into overtime for both of us, so thank you for <laughs> thank you for allowing me to have this much of your time. Thank you for having me, and I wish you the best with with um, everything that you're doing. I support you all the way, and I think everybody needs to know that we'll be in collaboration from here on out. And if they want to check anything out for me, I have Linktree on my Instagram, and I uh, have a full-functioning website, MissBenzo.com, and we just launched a new line of merchandise. Perfect. And of course, we will support you in every single way possible, drawing attention to every uh, aspect of your Everything out of every every aspect of Miss Benzo, just as a whole, because there's so many different different facets that you have. It's incredible. But again, thank yeah. you so much. Yes, of course. Take care. Perfect. Take care. Bye. And that was Miss Benzo, everybody. The best way to find out more details about her is through our website, www.reevolvemedia.com forward slash Miss Benzo. This upcoming track was her latest release, July 31st. It's titled Patience. I hope you enjoy it and take care. Just have faith.
season Wish I could rewind the time I would tell my old self all the reasons My purpose and why Guess that's how it goes, guess that's how it goes How the story goes You never really know if you let it go Right before you blow So I say patiently Frustrations, all situations, no limitations, all motivation. Just have the patience, just have the patience. Manifestation, high expectation, let go frustration, no situation, no limitations. In all situations, just have patience. Whoa, you need patience. Manifestation in our situations. Let go frustration. Just have the patience. Have the patience.